you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL podcast is still pissing off Angelo. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's the Around the NFL Podcast. I'm Dan Hansis, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. You know, we have a new intro because the opportunity to name drop the legend, Chris Wessling, at the top of every show is it's an honor, quite frankly, and I love doing it. But it's the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio Around the NFL Podcast Duplicative. Yeah, that's the writer in you and the editor, which, you know, Dan's an underrated writer, long time, <laughs> you know, journo. A little backhanded compliment underrated. from Greg there. Okay, go ahead. I'm just saying no, I mean, I th- there are people, true. and I've, en- I've encountered them, that don't realize that we write. Right. So it's good to point that out. That's, oh, where, well, that's, thank you, that's where we it's where we came from. Uh, but yeah, it, it bothers you as a writer whenever you have the same word like bo- twice in the in two. Well, I, see, I don't think it killed. bothers every writer um, uh, that are, that's covering sports, but it should. It should. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Chris off the top here too, because it, it, that reminds me to uh, remind our listeners to check out Lakeisha's. Um, oh yes, Good feature call. that that we talked a lot about. We had Keisha on our around the NFL broadcast. And I know a lot of our listeners saw that because she sent it out on social, but some of you haven't. We haven't talked about it on the podcast, and it, it was amazing what she did. And they are going to be airing uh, a shorter version of it on game day morning this weekend. So that's cool. That's great. And uh, but you can see the full version at, at Keisha's social L- handle. Literally the director's cut. And like I mean, it it's amazing. They played it also in the huge theater here. At uh-huh. our workplace, where we watch, um, have watched a couple of terrible Sunday night football games for the most part. Uh, there, you know, some good, not some not so good. The the Lakeisha did such amazing work, and all the people behind the scenes that helped bring that to life. It was so well done. And Greg, you spoke for the pod on uh, in the segment, which was excellent. And uh, Nick Wessling spoke on behalf of the Wessling brothers, and that was wonderful. And we heard from the doctors. That uh, and the surgeons that worked with Wes uh, during his um, battle against cancer. So, yes, check out if you're watching NFL Network. Check out the short version. Go, but find seek out the long one because I, that that is the way to go. It, it was a little un- here. Too. It was a little that untoward was- of Greg. I know he's going to say something nice, but to demand <laughs> high fees to appear in the video that <laughs> that felt and no one else did. Just yeah. Greg. It was special to have Keisha here with us, and I hope we do on on a podcast right. uh, soon enough. But that's one benefit of yeah, watching the long version. We got to talk about it with her afterwards too I, on that version. Mark, I would say that. Greg is an underrated talking head and like a sensitive piece like that. I, w- I would say as he's been underrated is not a <laughs> insult in any way. I just mean that that w- no, people don't think of the Zeuser that way. He's, you know, he's a podcast guy. He's a TV personality. Our writing has unfortunately, you know, taken I mean, I, you know, when, when Dan and I met, we were, Turning to the mill where you're doing 14 blogs a day. I do remember Dan, the writer, quite distinctly. I mean, he still I, exists. I think about you as the writer. I remember that. You guys, all the time. You guys are both <laughs> at, all your, the time. at your uh, desks. The and I was right. just standing behind you with a whip going like. <laughs> yeah, you were. 
One day, <laughs> when Mark and I do a, uh, a spinoff show, it's just going to be about like the two years where Greg was our boss. It's and like it's four just, or five. Uh, we're going to... Terrell Pryor, now! He, did, he said something. <laughs> and we're, we're not going to pull any punches. It's going to be the true I unvarnished story. that Greg twice has done the whipping motion, but not the sound effect. It's like he affected, because... he's expecting the drop to come in there. Right, yeah. right. But it's like this is an audio. It's program. like when Eli threw it... up the double middle finger and thought it would be blurred out in real Sometimes life. Sometimes things are just for you guys here. It's okay. <laughs> right. And it's, you know, you're typically on the receiving end of that from what we know about your outside of work situation. Right. Let's... All right. Whoa. <laughs> okay, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, this is week eight. Here we go. We are almost at the midpoint of the season. Of course, this season is longer now. I think the uh, the branding of it, and dare we disrespect the branding of it, this is the biggest season ever. That's one way to put it. Purely in quanti- quantity. Although I think it's been a good season so far. I'd give it a solid B so far. What would you give the season through seven weeks? <laughs> <laughs> B sounds about right. B's Rock fair. Solid B's good. B. Bordering on B plus. Yeah, I don't uh, know. The, the quarterbacks are great. I always think you know it's like mm-hmm. a lot of young quarterbacks, a lot of points. I mm-hmm. mean, your personal fandom probably has to knock it down almost a full letter grade. It's just total terror. A London but- trip for me knocked it uh, up to an A personally. Personally, for me, like everything leading up to Sunday kickoff was A plus, and then that then the, the D minus game. <laughs> uh, and then the Sunday game against the Patriots. Now we're getting into F territory. Yeah. But that's just me personally. So maybe I see the rest of the season as an A minus, and it's a credit to the season that it's a B. I'm, I'm legitimately angry. Well said. All right, let's get into the games of week eight. You could check out the Thursday night recap. Uh, Packers, Cardinals. Speaking of a lot of talk, the biggest, the greatest Thursday night football game ever. Well, 6-0 and against 7-0. and 6-1 and against 7-0. and Yeah, we'll see. Check out Greg's recap. With special guest, Patrick Claibon. Still in. Oh, so he agreed. He, he came around to. I didn't follow up with him, but he said yes in the moment. <laughs> it was it was an awkward enough request that I was there for. It wasn't. That I actually had to say to Greg. He was thinking through hey, what he had to do that day. Which day is that Thursday? Where am I? You know, that's, that's what happened. If you find yourself in a, a pinch, Greg, I will jump in and be your uh, partner for <laughs> I, the recap. I, I, felt, I felt compelled Based on but you're the just, you're tone of the I should revisit it because, yeah, Claybon's yeah, a friend. And at this point, we know enough that, like, asking a friend to do the podcast, that doesn't necessarily mean you're doing them a favor. They're right. doing you a favor. So right. I should revisit whether It's a little you know, late to revisit busy. it, to be honest with you. That was more like a follow-up later in the day. Hey, man, sorry to put you on the spot there. If you have something else going on, <laughs> let me know. And, and Dan already said he would jump in, so it's yeah. fine. I thought about that. You know, kick off and do I get, do I get hours, credit so. for thinking about sending that text? But I did forget. <laughs> Let's start with the primetime games uh, to come later in the weekend. Let's start with a gorgeous game on Halloween night. Love this Dallas Cowboys at Minnesota Vikings. The Cowboys coming off their bye week at five and one, feeling good, looking good, playing good. Um, and the Vikings are very hard to pin down. Three and three also coming off there by we had Arif Hassan on uh, from The Athletic last week and we delved into all the drama around the Vikings who, you know, when we did that Fakakta exercise on Tuesday trying to pick a new team, the Vikings are a team I always enjoy following, 
But again, I am not getting into the pain rankings business. I'm not going from Jets to Vikings fan. That's a, a terrible situation. And people like Benetta and everybody else saying, oh, bad job at the Chiefs. Oh, I might want to go to a franchise with a superstar quarterback that's going to the Hall of Fame and a great fan base and a winning culture. Fair. Oh, how absurd. You, you deserve that. It's a fair retort on your part. You deserve it. You, anyway. were, you were unmerciful. You know, we, we came after you, and it <laughs> came was unfair. hard after yeah. me. So anyway, so there you go. The Vikings, a tough 3-3 three and three to figure out. Uh, Mark, where do you come down on this game? Because I think hanging over everything, and I think how you watched this game, especially in the early, uh, the first half, how's Dak Prescott? How is that calf? Because remember, I had to check the notes. Uh, the backup quarterback behind Dak Prescott, does anybody know? Well, there's a string it's of them. Cooper they, Rush, it's right? It's Cooper Rush who was thrown Wait, for three ben yards. Ben DiNucci's still in the house? I don't know. Somewhere? Used to be your guy Mike White now on the Jets. Yeah, you know? yeah he's thrown for three yards in five years. So... If Dak goes down, everything's finished. Uh, your thoughts, Mark? Well, it sounds like, you know, they said in quotes, he did a lot of work on on Wednesday. He's doing it again today, and he's looked good. So, you know, there's real optimism that he can play, that he'll be himself, which they need him to be. And if he is, um, and this, you know, I get the, the Packers-Cardinals thing, but this is up there in that echelon of games because I think – for us watching the Vikings, like from I, I've been typically down on on the Vikings, and my interest in them is climbing because of who they are on offense. That you've got Clint Kubiak um, allowing Kirk Cousins to throw the ball about forty times a game. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, who's in the last you know month become one of the more exciting young wideouts. They're coming off their bye. Both teams are. Dalvin Cook is healthy, so it just is. It unlike the Green Bay Cardinals game, it's like everyone sounds like they're good. Michael Gallup might be back. The one thing for me, though, if you're looking at where this could just turn into a bit of a train wreck for Minnesota, because it, to me it vibes high-scoring shootout that, like all Vikings games, go down to the end. They lost to the Browns, Bengals, and Cardinals by a combined 11 points. They lose close games. They win close games. Um, Close fights, heartbreakers, that's just who they are. I expect this to go that way. But Patrick Peterson, who's played really well for Minnesota, out of the lineup, you're asking Cameron Dantzler to come in, who's not been a huge asset for them. Bashad Breeland's been struggling. So you just look at what Dallas has on offense and you wonder, can they get to a point where they're suddenly up by, you know, 17 points going into the third quarter? It's like every week that, that Dak has so many mismatches to pick from. And you're right. Losing Peterson is, is key. It was bizarre that they benched Dantzler, who was their best cornerback a year ago as a rookie. Seems like some sort of Mike Zimmer personal thing. Wasn't happy about his attitude. He's going to need him. Uh, these defenses have been underrated. Like, they're both top 10 DVOA, but underrated defenses still give up 30 points when they play a real deal offense. And I trust the Cowboys offense and Mike McCarthy actually to realize that we are an offensive team. Let's play to it. Like, I know Kirk Cousins is playing more free and he's had to throw a lot, but a lot of that's because they fall behind. When they get ahead... They kind of get into their little shell. They start running on first and second down, and they invite these close games when they don't need it. So I trust the Cowboys more to stay aggressive the whole game instead of just when they have the lead or when they're behind. I think this is going to be – this is my prediction for – and it's not too bold, but game of the week. I think it sets up really well that the Cowboys are going to score points, but Minnesota has the ammunition to fire back uh, with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, a – healthy Dalvin Cook coming off the bye, uh, and he's going to chew him up on the ground, I think. So we're going to have, a, I think, a shootout here. 
And uh, I kind of like the Vikings here, and and I know I do too. I I, I just have a, a feeling that they are going to really show up in this game. He had Dalvin Cook had 143 yards and 31 touches before Minnesota's bye. So you know the fact that he gets a chance now to get a, to get a blow. He's always banged up. He's had the ankle issues. He's going to come out well. So I I like the Vikings in an upset here. Mm, I'm with. I want to be with you, but part of me that's really enjoyed this Kirk Cousins season, and I think the, the difference is he's throwing these balls up to Osborne and Jefferson when he could take the underneath stuff, he's getting aggressive, is that couldn't you see after all these games at you know 10 a.m. Pacific that he's playing well, that like here comes the primetime game and Cousins has a Cousin-like ending and everyone's like, ah, oh, there's Kirk Cousins again, and well, I don't want that. Didn't we get past that, though? I know, I but know. I'm re- now I'm like in Cousins' corner. And I don't You're want Cousins that. Corner. I'm in Cousins Corner. I'm, You're I'm, in the plexiglass I, box. I've taken a you know, I don't want to take Wes's spot, but I'm a I want to be a kissing cousin. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> apply for membership. I've just enjoyed that, yeah, guys can evolve and I've enjoyed his his verve this season. I like, and, I, and I've been out on the kissing cousin thing. Right. So he's I, had you know, some verve. He's playing with a little verve. He's entertaining me. That's what's that's important. important. I like the idea of because that plexiglass cube that Kirk Cousins stays in not to give everyone COVID because he won't get the jab. It's a little tight for two people, but Greg is a smaller framed man. You put Greg in there, he's got to strip down and grease up, but then we just slide him right into the cube with Kirk Cousins. You took this in a strange... What? Like I just, don't. That's just. I I'm that, picturing that, it. That, that's I don't technically think, how it would work. So it's. Well, like I don't strange. think. Cl- I don't think removing your Whoop. clothes would open up that much extra space. That uh, would be more Ricky, that's if what you, you think. If you remove the clothes, but also lather Greg up in grease. What? I really. Right I'm like getting flashbacks <laughs> to the sideline of the of the London game, where you were doing those sound effects with in reference to something else. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna throw up. Let's uh, <laughs> let's move on. Let's keep moving. Let's. I like working it's here. It's technically how Greg would fit, you know, fit into the structure. I, so. Again, we're getting a, he's, a window into Dan's. He's mind. not wearing what, what's yeah. there. He's not wearing a puffy jacket and jeans no. to get into that cube. A smooth sort of strip him down, like grease him up. I could take off the puffy <laughs> jacket. Yeah. I think it's and mask up, dude. That's the other thing. <laughs> Giants at Chiefs is the other game. Monday Night Football. This is November now, November 1st. That's oh, wait, happening. before we get into it, oh, I, I have a message for you guys. Oh. Whoa. Okay. Hello, heroes. Nick here oh. again. Uh-oh. We took a big loss last week when yeah, the Titans did. demolished the Chiefs. How did it happen? Who knows, but it did. <laughs> Tim is very upset we didn't let him lock up the Bengals over the Ravens last Ooh, week. Oh, that's a good call. Tim wanted the he Bengals. He is turning into a total elitist Bengals fan right now. In fact... He's sitting in his one-bedroom apartment high atop Price Hill on the west side of Cincinnati, sipping on a $300 of Sauvignon Blanc Ouch. from the Bordeaux region of France. Oh, he's anyway, we now, told him Nick. he could pick this week since we didn't let him last week. <laughs> so he is locking up the Cowboys over the Vikings. Okay. You may ask, why isn't Tim doing this recording? Well, Tim likes to sleep, sometimes 15 hours a day. How does he sleep 15 hours a day? Well... <laughs> Tim doesn't have a job. That's okay. We love him anyway. See you soon, heroes. Good day. Oh, man. Oh, man. I, I would say, like, I understand that was, like, un- unmasked shots at, at Tim. But yeah. Tim has a lot figured out from what, I, for, from what I'm listening Apparently to. Apparently not, according to Nick. 
Wow. I 15 like hours of sleep a day? I think day? Nick, Nick heard my message that no Tim really brought the heat, yeah. um, and he came with it this week. He delivered. Someone's paying for I do what like he's doing. Tim is one of those guys who, who looks like he sleeps 15 hours a day. Right. So he always looks well-rested. When the look matches up with the reality. Wow, Nick, I hope you have something to fire back on uh, your brother when you do get the <laughs> opportunity and you wake up. Um, by the way, those standings for the locks, Zeus are on a six-game winning streak, 6-1, six and one, Mark 5-2. and two. The listeners and the Wesseling brothers, 4-3, and three, Greg 3-4, three and four, Ricky. Move. Two and four. Two and four seems pretty good for Erica, actually. She's on a, a bit of a dynasty. She had a bye week, too, in there? Some, some yeah, the stage. first week I wasn't allowed to play. Jesus, oh, oh yeah. that's right. Greg was, that was not comfortable. <laughs> uh, mansplaining the rules of a picks game. All right, Giants at Chiefs. Uh, Monday night football. You know, usually this game would not pack any intrigue because, all right, Giants being led to slaughter. At Arrowhead, but the Chiefs are so messed up right now. They're just so terrible that they've become a curiosity. And I thought there was something very interesting that happened on Thursday, on Sunday's game. Um, and I'm sorry if I sh- shared this already, but I just want to say it again. When the Chiefs lined up for the 57-yard field goal down 27 to three late in the third quarter. It really just jumped out to me as like, whoa, where are we? How do we get here? And that's just the offense. And that's not even – it used to be we were worried about the turnovers, and we're still worried about the turnovers. But now we're worried about, like, is all this stuff about the two high safeties – have they flummoxed the Chiefs and Andy Reid to the point where they no longer can function as an elite offense? So the Giants who uh, – I'm kind of with you, Greg, are frisky, and uh, they're not a good team. But, you know, on the right day uh, that you you catch them and they're kind of fun to watch. They're still banged up. Uh, but it is going to be an interesting, again, test of where the Chiefs are. Yeah. If Kadarius Tony was available for this game or Barkley or Galladay, for that matter, I would. So I would like Barkley even be, stepped on a guy's foot and now he's just going to be well, out for a month. It sounds like they will practice Friday. We don't. Yeah, like, OK, we, that then that that helps. They missed Thursday's practice and it is a Monday night game. That would make me feel that the Giants at least can cover this 10 and a half points. The Chiefs are 4 and 14 against the spread in their last 18. So that's just like a very clean way to say who's overrated, who's not. Like they're le- they're worse than people expect and that started early last season and in the field goal moment is really well said Dan and it's kind of part of this la- larger part of that second half which was those drives they were going on against Tennessee down 24, 27 points were like these 10 play drives, 18 play drives. So even when they were behind, they could not speed up. Couldn't and that, do it. that was really surprising to me. I think Daniel Jones is playing well enough to keep them competitive uh, in this game. And it's because the Chiefs haven't really found that other option other than Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Like Josh Gordon. Remember when they signed Josh Gordon? Josh Gordon has one catch. Is anybody surprised about that? I'm not shocked by that. I mean, I think that you're right, though. They're on a search for someone else other than that because Tennessee, with a depleted secondary to some degree, took care of business last week against both of those guys. I, like, it, there was They didn't show up in the first half. And you go back to like the playoff game where they were down to Houston. And to your point, Greg, you kind of would watch. I remember watching that with Wes, and we're like, the Chiefs are totally going to win this because you completely were entranced by their explosiveness on offense. And it's not the case right now. They've trailed by 14-plus three times this year. It happened like four times in the last like four seasons or something. And I don't think that you can ask the defense to heal itself. I think the offensive line got worked over by the Titans last week. And the Giants, for all their ups and downs and all their injured players, 
They took care of business against a bad offensive line in Carolina with six sacks a week ago. Leonard Williams is playing better. Daniel Jones, I think, is sort of a do-it-all guy right now, and it's been an optimistic couple of weeks for Daniel Jones. But this is also a team that gave up 82 points to the Rams and Cowboys. So it's it, to me, it feels like a get-right spot for Kansas City. Everyone's falling for that for one more week. But then they have it, – it's just pushing off much bigger questions down the road. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Daniel Jones because as I watched the game – against the Panthers, the 25-3 win. Um, they obviously didn't play great on offense, uh, but Carolina is a good defense. And I thought Jones, as I was watching the game, he's such a difficult evaluation subject for the Giants because we know where they are as an organization and they really are trending toward, unless something changes here, a, a hard reboot. And that would probably mean you get rid of the quarterback too. But when you watch him on a week-to-week basis, I st- I know the counting stats are just never there for for him, and I just sometimes I wonder if that's if that's a that, if that's on him or if it's just been kind of a weird, funky career he's had. But I just come I'm impressed by him. He's I just still a great am. athlete, and like it he's shows up in a lot of different ways. For- I- I'm still impressed by him. The way he throws at times, the way he runs with the catch, uh, of course, a diving catch, that's not going to be happening a lot. But it just shows you, like, he's in that kind of Josh Allen mold. Is this a guy that you want to get rid of? Would you live to regret it? He's in his third year, so you don't have to worry about it. I don't think he's going anywhere. He's a good quarterback. He's an NFL starting quarterback. Now, what? Now he might be average, which means he will get paid. But he's going into his fourth year next year. You're going to have him under control for five. He's the least of their problems. And I, I think he's made a real step forward in year three and, and shown like what you can do when everything is collapsing around you. You can still show that you're a good player. All right. Let's move on to the draft. All right. The old Zeuser with the first overall pick. And I will start with a late game. And the game I will pick is the Buccaneers at the Saints. I love it. I love it. Saints, NFC South. This is kind of Greg's domain. You love this stuff, Greg. But um, I just want to see. Great rivalry. I like the rivalry. I want to see. This is the kind of game that I've been circling like, all right, let's see what you got, Jameis. Let's see what you're going to do in a big time uh, division clash. We're now a little deeper into the season and you're going to need to make some plays. I came out of Monday night not impressed at all. Um, by the way he played in that game. I, I mentioned it on the Tuesday show. Uh, Eli, you know, mild-mannered, of course. Eli famously just killing Jameis for botching what should have been a touchdown on that last drive, and he just didn't have the awareness and didn't see the play unfold, which should have been an easy uh, tight end screen pass for a TD. So, Eli is a great an- analyst. He really is. He does a good – yeah, he really did bro- break that down well. So here we go now with a chance against the Bucks defense. That is obviously tough, and uh, – I just want to see how good if the Bucks are going to do if they're just going to keep getting better and just crest and and roll into the playoffs as a juggernaut. It's kind of how I see this. I see the Bucks as the um even though I have the Cardinals ahead in the power rankings, I think the Bucks are the team that are going to come out of this conference with the number 1 hmm. seed. So this is a great challenge and I love that it's at the Superdome uh which evens the scales a little bit more. I think like no, few things show me how much both teams have changed. And the Bucks, to your power rankings point, are a Super Bowl team that's gotten better. And like, uh, can you imagine either result from last year, where the Saints put it on them thirty-four to twenty-three, then thirty-eight to three? It just wouldn't happen to this. That Bucks was Week team. Nine. It was right about the same same moment here, thirty-eight yeah, to three. It just wouldn't happen this time. And I think it's a great test for what the Saints are right now, because yes, they are not um, necessarily they weren't a fun watch, obviously on on Monday night, but their defense is very spicy. 
And I think it's, I just want to see how this shakes out. They've gotten healthier last week. They're getting healthier this week. And it's a great test for Tom Brady. For me, I mean, also, the Saints have brought Mark Ingram back into the mix. And they've said that it is absolutely possible that he will play this Mm. weekend. And I kind of like that reunion for their backfield because post Latavius Murray, they need someone to help move Alvin Kamara around to different spots and spell him at times. I mean, good for him, though. He was on the Texans. It's good vibes. It's good vibes bringing Mark Ingram back. I mean, he's going to make them happier. I think that the Saints defense presents some problems for Tom Brady um, that other defenses don't. I know those two games feel like a long time ago, but even in the playoff game, they forced a couple of mistakes. I know they put up 30 points in that game, but he was held under 200 yards passing. If you remember it, they didn't do anything in the second half. It was really the Saints defense who, or the, the Bucks defense who forced f- four turnovers who won that game. And the Saints have done a good job against Tom Brady, where I think there's a chance you could keep the Bucks under 30. I mean, that's, that's all you can hope for is like to keep them to 27 or something. Now, can Jameis Winston and this Saints offense get to 30. I, I have my doubts, even though I I think With it like Jameis a pick is, six or something. Yeah, things No, I mean on offense. Way. I mean, you got to get it. Like, can you score 30 on offense? And I'm thinking about another uh, Manning cast moment, which is uh, one play last week where the Seahawks zero blitz, and they just go, we're going to go man-to-man everywhere else. And the Mannings were going crazy because no one was open. Like, you got to have some receivers that can get open. And we talked about it in the offseason. Like, are they really going to go out there with, like, Marcus Calloway and Traquan Smith and Adam Troutman and these guys trying to win matchups? I mean, that has to be taken into account. This group has not exceeded expectations. It's been right where you thought they would be, and they just don't have many playmakers who can Michael, get open until Michael Thomas. What gets is back. the Michael Thomas status? It where sounds like a couple weeks away. Man. And Adam Troutman was the guy that I think appeared in probably seventy-five thousand fantasy articles. Well, what like about the, Marcus Callaway? Yeah, well, of course. My goodness. Like, well, they're going to explode because there relentless. is no other tight end on the roster. The whole, they've rolled out the, the whole red carpet. It's like eleven is, catches. Is Alvin Kamara and. Jameis just isn't that great at the short routes. He's a weird quarterback that's better intermediate and deep, and he put some nice deep throws on the Seahawks, and they weren't complete. But the Bucks have the one guy uh, who's kind of the AK stopper. They drafted Devin White to stop Alvin Kamara, and for the most part, he slowed him down since he was drafted. All right, up next, Mark Sessler. You will select? Well, I'm going to go where you know, I have to go emotionally. It's going to be the Browns and the Steelers. Because it's a good game, and I don't trust someone else not to steal it if I allow this, you know, process to go on for another forty. No, that's minutes, a good so. game. That's one of the best games sure. of the week. That's, that's a big game. That's fine. It's you don't think it's a big game? Oh no, these it is. Two fan bases. It is. I'm just is Case Keenum's a quarterback. Is where are we at on oh, the Baker Browns? is practicing, and he's practicing as the starter, and he's interesting. Demanded that he'll that he'll play. Well, he so. demanded last week too. That's true. I think that like he. I think there's more steps, but he, yeah. you know he isn't shelved. He is out there throwing. They said he looked good throwing short, <laughs> intermediate. They didn't report on. Mary it is Kate funny thing you back. Passes. It is funny thing you back. I kind of forgot that happened. That Baker was like, "I decide whether I'm Looks playing strange. or not." Well, that, that <laughs> and was then not like the a case. day later. They were like, "No, you're not." Starting. That was not uh, the case. I, I, I know. Here's the thing, because this game suddenly we're here, it's and funny. it's like an off season. I know it started with me ripping on the Steelers and having my fun, and then you start to as the months creep up. It's like suddenly well, June, you're scared, I could tell. In July. It's September. It's October. <laughs> you kind of have to November. win this game. 
I was just going to say that you cannot take this Browns experience seriously if they don't go and back up what happened in that playoff game because this is a Steelers team that's still vulnerable, yet they are very healthy right now. I think they had almost no one on their injury report of note at all this week. Tomlin seems super fired up. It wasn't just the USC question. Just in general, I think you got Tomlin coming off a bye. They're 4-0 in their last four times coming off a bye. They are 3-0 against the Browns coming off a bye. And I think it matters. They've had another week to look at where Cleveland's at, and especially that Denver game. You're not going to surprise them the way the Broncos got got surprised. They haven't allowed 30 points all year long. T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Dante (laughs) Johnson, Chase Claypool, and here is the X factor that really, 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 (laughs) for me, concerns me. Jim Nance, Tony Romo on the call. The Browns have had some of their most embarrassing, most frustrating performances with these guys, and you can just hear Tony Romo just sort of being like, I don't know, Jim, like Big Ben still got it, like just, you know, riffing on Romo is on Mark's radar so hard. Oh, he is. What's your theory, though, that when Jim Nance and Romo are on the call, Something in the building changes. It's too big. It's too big. Right. It's Mark's it's just feeling of like yeah. now the Browns have finally reached the top of the mountain in terms of like they're playing in big games and they can't get over that. Huh? I, I, here's the one concession. If they lose Cleveland, this, they're though. in the cellar. They're in they, last place. Uh, that's the thing. You're the, you, there's an argument for be, you being the worst team in a very good division. Still Ooh. a decent team. But that Denver game, I thought <laughs> – I will say, I want to say one thing. It's I thought that Denver game Can we was this? one of my we favorite can... Browns so. performances <laughs> under Stefanski. It wasn't okay. flashy. But it kind of showed who they are, and they they were in a dark place. We and they come back Denver. to you to say that we would have come back. To I, you. Well, you guys can have your way with it now, but it's like this game does make me nervous. I shouldn't be watching it. It's like I'm Vinny Testaverde's father. I don't need this on a Sunday. <laughs> your so. ticker cannot no. handle it. Um, you know what Baker should do? He should go to the media and say, "I demand that I do not play this week. <laughs> I am not ready." And they'll be like, "I'll show you, Baker. Put him in the lineup." Then he gets what he, he wants. He can't win no matter what he it's says. Just, it's just kind of funny because I can't quite imagine any other quarterback saying that. So why is he? It's the totally one that out of protocol, that? also. So like you right. don't, you know. Um, yeah, this is a big game, and I don't know, man. I don't know, Mark. This is there. It's can't make sense of the Browns all season. They've been a little bit of a tough team to read. So to get them now against the Steelers, and the Steelers obviously still peeved about what happened in January. They were. They now get a chance to get some revenge going to Cleveland. Um, if To me, it comes down to can the Steelers build off the last couple of weeks? Um, Najee Harris, uh, you know, he is – if he gets a little more help, a little better blocking, if the offense can um, do a little bit more through the air, I think he becomes an offensive rookie of the year uh, guy because he's their uh, number one receiver. He's their primary ball carrier. He's on the field and he's been been a good blocker. He's doing everything they want him to do. They just need Ben and the passing game to get a little bit together and the mm. blocking up front. That's so important that they kind of continue to build on some uh, some positive aspects of the last two weeks. He, he's Harris has been solid, but he's not winning anything with with uh, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, and Mac Jones in the league. Oh, that's true. It's just not going to happen. But they need him in their running game to be good because their offense has such a limited ceiling throwing the ball. Like that game on Sunday night against the Seahawks was typical to me. That was one of the better games they had throwing the ball and as an offense. But then they needed overtime against a Seahawks defense that had been struggling to get to 350 yards and and 23 points or whatever it was. It's just – it's limited. And I – 
I don't feel like I'm struggling with with the Browns. They've just been injured. I want to know that Jarvis Landry's playing. It sounds like he is. He says he is, but we okay. don't know. Uh, you know that Jadavion Clowney, who's been great for them, like has been even better, I think, than they could have hoped for so far. He's a little banged up. Denzel Ward really changes their secondary when he's not in there, and he sounds quite iffy. But to me, they're just a better team than the Steelers. They've got the assistant coach of the year, Bill Callahan. Let's start that movement. Doesn't matter who's on the offensive line. You can run the ball when you've got a Callahan on your uh, on your roster, on your coaching staff. <laughs> he, he really is like the most. They so should... It's not Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and the rookie who's a real player. It's it's Bill Callahan. Okay, let's it's give him both. the trophy. Give him the trophy. Show me That's the team that Bill Callahan did not dramatically improve their running game. They would not be the same without him. I, I, I really believe that. And and so I think as long as the Browns are relatively healthy, and I, even if Keenum played, I really like them in this game. I just think they're a better team. I think they're a good team. Got to do it, though. It, it's I'm with you. Got to do it. Going to be some... Big Sessler energy going on in the early games. Looking forward to it. Let's take a break. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, let's move on. Uh, Greg, you're up, buddy. All right. I'm, this is easy. I'm taking the Pats and the Chargers right across the street over at SoFi. I want you to know that I still have two jumps on you, and I very, very Ooh. nearly jumped you, but I said I don't want to be a mean guy, so I let oh. you have this Wait, game. you can jump me after you've already used your pick. Okay. I didn't. Even, I could jump you at any time, and I've done it, it once, I, and I have two more. I thought since you were first, you could. That Herschel Walker level trade yeah, I pulled total off. Total it also yeah. wouldn't make sense. Yeah, like you, you, you took the Bucks Saints, and the Patriots Chargers. But are, then I could have given it to Mark or something, or Shook. I, I mean, I, I could just wheel and deal for destruction, <laughs> but I chose not to. Go ahead. Sure. Save your jumps. That It helps the show. It adds a little more tension. And uh, let me watch this. I haven't watched. <laughs> watched any Pats live almost this year. I haven't wanted to. They haven't been that interesting, but I'm interested now. They got my attention. Mac Jones is playing better each and every week. They're going up against Herbert, who they held to no points a year ago. His worst game as a pro came against the Patriots. Don't think that's going to carry over very well because they don't have the same defensive backs. Stephon Gilmore's playing for the Panthers. They lost Jonathan Jones for the season, one of the most underrated cornerbacks, one of the better slot cornerbacks in the league. So now you're down two corners. I'm, I'm including that you're down Gilmore because when you're starting Jalen Mills and you're starting this guy, Miles Bryant, who just came off the practice squad, like you're down. They are not the same secondary. So I think you're going to have to stay aggressive offensively. You're going to have to score points to beat this Chargers team. And I think they could potentially do it. I think they are rounding into shape on offense and Damian Harris and this inside running game is great. They've stopped it with the outside runs. They've stopped trying to get too fancy. They've settled on an offensive line group now with Onwenu at right tackle uh, and the interior is stabilized and win at left tackle that I think they like. They're going to start the same group for the second straight week for the first time, maybe all season. And I think they could give the Chargers a lot of problems and I think it'll be a fun game. I love the Patriots 
to cover five and a half. I don't know if they win this, but I mm. really think they're going to be they're going to be competitive in this. I game. thought few things were more impressive, and I know it was the Jets, so you can you can put it on that scale. But Harris just slashing the middle of of New York's defense over and over. Good and, ball player, and this is a good. I mean, the Chargers' run defense is one of their biggest issues, so you like that setup. I think Mac Jones, you know, throwing for 300-plus. It looked like the offense just took a tangible step forward with the chances they were willing to take with some trickery as well. They kind of just went for it and flexed their muscles, and they put it on on Justin Herbert a year ago. It's a different season, and the Chargers, you know, I, the one thing I love about Brandon Stilley on a bye week is that he went deep into the lab. He's all about analytics, and... You know, they've been a very good team on third down, um, the sixth highest conversion rate on third down with Justin Herbert. But he basically said, we've got to get much better on earlier downs. That worries me. I think he's just, he's coming up with some new plans. But their offensive line also, which we were worried about, has been one of the better pass protecting lines in the league, which is a huge change from a year ago. We'll get to it a little bit later when we get to the 49ers. But like going into your off, your bye week analytics deep dive, it usually only works if you have a really good quarterback to execute everything. They do, and I think Justin Herbert is going to have a big game here. I I don't I, trust the Patriots' defense. I actually trust their offense more. I think they are a better offensive right, team right, right now. Greg, than let me are. talk. Let me talk. That's all. I'm, so, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying that I think the Patriots and you've been banging the drum on this, Greg. That you look at the Patriots' wins. They beat the Jets twice. They beat Houston uh, barely. In, in Houston. And I think, uh, you know, the Dallas game showed they could hang with a good team. Uh, but am I sold that the Patriots aren't one of those teams like they're going to beat all the bad teams, they're going to win about half of the matchups against the good teams and then get beat by anybody that is very good or above? Basically the 2020 Patriots. The difference... Maybe a little better. If you're a Patriots fan, the difference is Mac Jones right. over Cam. So the whole thing, with, when I look at the Patriots right now is... Is Mac Jones going to continue to ascend and then by the end of the year be seen as like the breakout quarterback? I think it's in play. I, th- I really do like him, um, but I like the Chargers this week a lot. In fact, I like them so much. Ooh. And it, it it is it matters because there's something magic. There's something magical going on with it. I got some sprinkle dust here. Uh, Ricky, this is not personal, even though you're wearing the oversized Edelman jersey. Well, I'm going to lock up the Chargers. Let's go, Bolts. That's sad. Show me. Hey, Bolts, by the way. Little thing. Everyone wants to crown the Bolts as a superpower. Okay. Come off your bye in your building and spank the Patriots. Go do it. And I'm counting on them to do it. They're healthier defensively. Some guys like at the linebacker spot and Justin Jones at defensive tackle that aren't big names but are starters that they were missing against Baltimore. I think they have three starters returning after. Are you worried about the sprinkle? A little bit. You're using the, the... your dark magic um, to make your Sunday more enjoyable by burying the team you dislike the most and um, and burying me in the process. Are you not going to walk <laughs> over? I'm a little worried. You take a look at that. this game in person. You could cross. You could. It's like a 200 yard strip of. I know. It would be. I mean, you nailed all that analysis. By the way, Greg. <laughs> just want to say. Um, yeah, we. I should be able to do that. Damn it! Just tell. Say I'm Greg Rosenthal, and then, then the doors. I entered, double doors just open. I entered the, the raffle. By the way. Um, okay, I've done a, that like twelve times. Yeah, if point. I were to win the raffle, I would I would consider giving you the tickets. Okay, but I haven't heard yet. I'll let you know. <laughs> All right, let's move on. I said consider, Greg. It's snakes to you, buddy. It's a very active snake. This time. I know. I'm waiting for the end of this. Still, I know. I think I think you're primed to get jumped here, Sessler. Titans Colts is my pick. Um. <laughs> Big game. 
Big AFC South game. Nice early game. That is a good game. That's a good pick. It's it's the chance for the Colts to get back to relevance. Now, if they end up three and five, if you look at their schedule the rest of the way, I still think they will get back into the wild card mix. It, this doesn't end their season, but this really raises the the ceiling. It gives you a chance to win the division. It gives you a chance to you know really look at themselves and and be proud that they overcame the start that they did. They've outscored their opponents since they last played the Titans in their three wins by fifty points. They've got a runner in Jonathan Taylor who I'm not going to say he's better than Derrick Henry, but I'd take him in this game over Derrick Henry. Mm. Because fading the big dog again, always a I mistake. Am. The Colts act, the Colts according to EPA and DVOA number 1 run defense in the league. Titans, I have to believe it. And Taylor does the things as a running back that get me excited, which is that hesitation, that vision and just that explosion. I mean, he is fun to watch. Wes was on this early. I think he called him like a top five, ten runner in the NFL quite early last season. I didn't, I didn't realize it then, but he he was ahead of it. And uh, I think there, are, it's a Titans team that they've historically had success with. Vrabel's never been able to sweep Frank Reich. They got hired the same year, 2018. And I think Titans coming off two big wins. It's a coin flip game, but I, I think the Colts could pull this thing off. I, you know, the thing for me about Tennessee is that last week, I loved that they came out uh, biggest game of the year, 15 runs, 15 passes. They were totally balanced. It wasn't all about Derrick Henry. You know, this is a weird one where they close out their two-game series in week eight, which is early for division foes. They held Jonathan Taylor to 64 rushing yards that first time. That's you know that's game script. They the, they the Titans never trailed in that game. That was the Carson Wentz is playing on two ankle broken ankles and like it was comical that right. he even was trying to play in that game. <laughs> you no, know, it helps that it's different. But it, I I look at the Titans and I kind of feel like a huge X factor for me was if Todd Downing could come in and duplicate what Arthur Smith did as a play caller on offense. And it just did not look that way early on, except since that awful week one, they're averaging like 30 points a game. They're the team that's grown. I mean, if you're the Colts, you're thinking... They both have. They have, but I look at the Colts and Titans I'm like... more so, yes. The Colts to me are like... I appreciate the Colts. They're kind of a meat and potatoes team. Their, their well, defense well, needs to your, thrive. Well, they're your team long-term now, right? No, they are absolutely <laughs> not because I see zero exciting <laughs> X-factors that tell me that they're more powerful than good. the Titans. And I... I, I I am co- comfortably locking up the Titans in this Ooh. game. Oh. Comfortably. Interesting. Oh, look, Gravedigger. So you lock against the Titans one week. You lock in favor of them the next. It's called learning. I'm or sure it's called that, I get wet. <laughs> I'm sure that Graver does not feel as confident. I, I'm Okay, I'm not going to put words uh, in his mouth. I'm going to ask him, one. Graver. Just because the Colts have been a tough um, test for Mike Rabel to solve. Right, you, so you got to worry. It's a division game. Don't and let him. Well. F- don't let him le- be a leading <laughs> questioner. You come in with your own opinions based off of who you are. I got some stats if you guys want them. Give us some Please. nugs. So this is according to the New York Times playoff simulator thing. Titans' current odds to win the division: eighty-one percent. If they win on Sunday, it jumps to ninety-seven yep. percent. It's a wrap. They win That's the division. That's what I was going to say. Right. It's a terrible division. Two of the teams don't exist so in that division. So. It's a wrap because yeah, it doesn't really matter if you have swept that head-to-head. On top of having a huge lead at this point, it is it's pretty much it, over. It, you Darius Leonard called it a must-win game, so you're already in the heads of these players. Well, here's the thing, though. I I'm picking the Colts in this game outright. 
I I think they are the, they're a desperate team. They're Mark's playing better. Let's lock off. Let's do a lock off. Then. Well, no, I don't feel that confident because I'm I respecting see? the Titans and what they've done the last two weeks, obviously. But the Titans are not a flawless team. The Titans can be beat. They're on the road. They could lose and still be okay. Whereas the Colts, they know full well. Frank Reich's a good ass coach. Frank Reich's drilling into their heads all week. Hey boys, we lose this, we done. We need to protect this house. And I think with Taylor and Wentz playing at a higher level, if the Titans come out of this, put it this way, Gravedigger, if the Titans come out of this game and spank the Colts in this setting, I, I look at the Titans at a level that I didn't even take out of them after beating the two big-time contenders. Top 14. I see them as right. maybe not top four, maybe in the AFC. What yeah. else do they need to they're, do? They're, uh, to me, become like a top five to seven NFL team. That's how much I put what, into uh, this game and how much is against the Colts right now. And Greg said it, it is a huge letdown spot after those two wins that they're coming off of. And it's also a lot Fun game. a lot different type of matchup because the Titans haven't really had to deal with stopping running games over the last two mm. weeks. It's been the Bills and the Chiefs passing all over the field. So I don't know if the Titans can right. Braden Braden Smith, the right tackle for the Colts. Sounds like he'll be back. T.Y. Hilton did return for a limited practice on Thursday. Quentin Nelson was back last week. So... It, Wentz is playing. I, I think the Titans are a better team, but I think it's hard to sweep a division opponent, and this will be. A tough I just one. I feel like everyone sees more in the Colts than I do. But I, I, I they put me to sleep a couple. They weeks are your favorite just... team now, though. <laughs> no, you spun just, the wheel. That segment. You're the one that said that segment had some issues. It, it, it was your choice to spin the wheel. I know now you I have know, to do it. <laughs> I understand, but I I learned a lesson. And now I'll say something positive about the Titans because uh, I know Titans fans are always in their feelings about things, and I respect your passion, guys. But calm down sometimes. Um, Mike Vrabel, good coach. Let's just say it. I know we're we're always asking questions. It feels like entering seasons. Is Mike Vrabel really a good coach? Well, the results are there, and now the offensive uh, architect leaves and they're still a good team they got a good guy there. never had a losing Braden. record he's he's Tomlin like I mean he's only in year four so it would but not never had a losing record. in summation I think it's a good lock mark good luck to you on it um it wouldn't stun me if they won but the Colts I feel like they're gonna come, come it could be a week where I because I actually uh plan to lock a whole different thing but for the showmanship aspect that you're game a showman passed, that's, that's who you are I, could, I, I mean, can switch it on Twitter that when you locked it up I was thinking Michael Jackson <laughs> and I know prime. I know like you that was, it was, it was like, I don't want to make you the, feel uncomfortable <laughs> with Mike Rasp over that but it was the, you're right it was like when the the moonwalk was debuted at the Soul Train Awards <laughs> in 82 um, alright let's go Mark you're up buddy your second pick will be I'm doing this for a friend oh I'm trying to unburden a friend of something that's been a burden, a green-colored burden. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to take the Bengals at the Jets because while Cleveland is battling Pittsburgh, I want to monitor. Suddenly, I must monitor the Bengals for the first time in half a decade because they matter. They are the number one team in the AFC North. It's no fluke. Uh, what they did to the Ravens, and it took me a while to get to that game, was incredibly impressive. The Jets are sitting ducks right now. I honestly, for all you want to say about the Jets' offense, is this in the log zone? By the way, no, it's not. Right? No, Can't gosh, be. I don't well, think so. Yeah. I think the Bengals might be like ten point favorites or so. Yeah, yeah. more. Mm -hmm. And they're gonna. And I think they have a chance to say we don't care. We're not gonna let the Jets anywhere close to that. They just are able to do everything on offense that it pleases the eye. Joe Burrow has nine touchdown passes of thirty plus yards. Watching Jamar Chase catch that one. Uh, long touchdown that began with here's the catch. I'm spinning around. I've got three Ravens within arm length, arm's length of me. See y'all later. I'm out. Like there hasn't been a Bengals player like that in a long, long time. I think this is a great setup for Joe Mixon after watching 
New York's reported run defense um, just get destroyed. They by don't the, have any linebackers right now. Well, de- it was a little bit of a fluky game when Brandon Bolden is lighting up your line, your like uh, fifth string linebacker. Speaking of Brandon I'm, Bolden, I feel like he's been playing for like 14 years at this point and still making plays for New England. But if if you're if you're the Bengals and you don't go, you talk about a letdown game. You've got to go absolutely drop a metallic hammer on the Jets. Spice Rack's worried about this game. He thinks that's what's going to happen. That's where that, Bengals fans can be now, though, crazy. Right? Can we talk about the Flacco trade? Yes. Second? I'm not doing that. <laughs> I am not doing that. So Flacco gets dealt to the Jets. Tough sitch I'm, um, I'm done. Yeah. for him. And I just kind of assumed, okay, he's going to start this week. Then there are these reports that, no, actually, Flacco's not going to practice till Friday. Such a bad look. Mike White is going to start this week. And I just started thinking, like, did, was, did Flacco have to be convinced to show up? Like, did he consider <gasps> retiring? Because I, I think that's what he asked for. He asked for a couple more days to make the move. It's a short move. He's he's an older guy. He was with this. Like, he might not want to play. and Because didn't they trade him to play? And he's not playing this week. Mike White had... A couple moments actually last week where he didn't look terrible, but this is a tough situation. But it is a new offense. It's not. He's not going into last year's offense. That but would they be... said like it was like Garrett. You know, he's had experience in a similar type. I just of don't offense. understand. Which yeah. And he knows the building weird, and he knows weird, the team. It but just was weird. It's a weird move, but it was always weird. The Jets played that poorly, uh, of course, as they always do by having no experience on the roster behind Zach Wilson. Uh, so the fact that you, the, as soon as Zach Wilson gets hurt and you go and scramble and trade for the guy you had last year. It's just a bad look. It shows that you weren't prepared. It didn't have the foresight that even all the beat writers and, uh, you know, jabronis like us had. So it it is what it is. He will play probably. And the Zach Wilson, I don't know if we even talked about it on the show. He's out, it looks like, uh, two to four weeks with this PCL. He wasn't terrible injury. before he got injured. He did. A, he had a couple, he had a couple nice, nice throws. It, Ron it, Griffin? They're playing on Thursday night next week, the Jets, unfortunately. So that means Wilson's definitely out for that game. Yeah. So it's either White. Or is that a Dan and Mark game? This Sorry. has yeah, it is. this has a thirty to six uh, final written all over it. We shall see. I do have one idea though. The Jets two things that they don't have yet: an interception or a point in the first quarter. <laughs> and um, I I have an idea here. Play this. This is from and I, apologies to Catalan and Lofton. I kind of got after him on Sunday. Uh, you know, bad job not mentioning the whole Belichick running up the score. But you know, you just were in the eye of a tornado. So sorry guys for getting after you on Sunday night, if you're listening, um, but play Lofton and Catalan in conversation late in the first quarter on Sunday. Robert Sala told us he made a couple of subtle changes to try to jumpstart the offense. One of them every day at Jets practice, there's a four play competitive period. The first team offense against the first team defense. If they tie each winning two, they do a basketball shootout to determine the winner. But in any event, that's usually done at about 1.45 in the afternoon. This week it was done closer to 1 o'clock, which is closer to the start of a game. They were hoping that little things like that would help to get them going in the opening quarter of games. So here's my idea. We move that up to noon. (laughs) So you do the basketball shootout at noon, and then by the time that happens, their internal clock will be one hour later for kickoff, which is usually when they start playing better. 
noon, not one for the competitive basketball shootout. Yeah, talk about eyes on the prize. This is what's happening behind closed doors in Florham Park. All right. Uh, okay, Mark, so you got the Jets there. That's okay, and Mark was a class act. He, he approached me about it before we came on, and I am on a break from the Jets, so that is fine. Okay, I am up now on – and it's really pretty rough right now. There's not a lot of good games left to pick. I will check in on the Panthers and Falcons here. Uh we know where Carolina is. They are in the tank. A report came out early in the week that the Panthers were in the mix for Deshaun Watson. Like an hour after the game. Right. They were They were <laughs> now, I think the wording in the ESPN report is they were evaluating their search for a franchise quarterback uh, after they had benched Sam Darnold uh, in <laughs> the loss to the Giants. And then uh, another report, I think maybe it was Rap Sheet, um, connected them directly to Watson. But then a report came out yesterday, uh, Wednesday, that the Panthers were not in on Deshaun Watson. So we'll see what's going on there. But I think it kind of makes sense because what w- Deshaun Watson, forget about all the you know ugliness around the situation, he's not going to save their season anyway. It's not like whoever gets Deshaun Watson, if he is moved before Monday or whatever it is, is going to slide into the starting lineup. He's going to make everyone there miserable from the coach to the starting quarterback is what would happen, which is why I right. still don't think it'll happen. And maybe he does go to the Panthers, but maybe David Tepper, as much as he wants Deshaun Watson potentially, is like, well, I'm not going to do it in the middle of the season. It doesn't even make sense. Um, now, you have to play the games. And you know that that Sam Darnold, because of their backup quarterback situation, is going to continue to be the starter for the time being. Uh, so that's where they are. And you get a Falcons team in Atlanta that has been frisky on offense. Uh, look, I'll give them that. And I think they're going to score points in this game. But I also think even against the Dolphins, the win over the Dolphins, where they got the field goal at the end, Greg, that this is a team that all season, for the re- so far to this point, and I think for the rest of the year, they'll score some points, they can get ahead, but the defense is always begging to give away games. And I could see that happening even here if Carolina could score. Right, even points. against the Jets, there was no reason for that game. They were begging to-, to give that game away. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but they keep playing these really... Uh, weak offenses for the most part that they can get away with it. And this is another week. They could have a winning record after this week. This is certainly a winnable game right. for for Atlanta. I I just don't know what happened to Carolina on offense other than Sam Darnold. I guess if we want to put everything on him, it, it seems crazy because they're 29th right now in EPA. Like, they are one of the worst offenses in the league. It's not just that they're struggling. They're, they're, they're almost unplayable. This should be a matchup where Sam Darnold doesn't look uh, terrible. But on the other side, you got some guys who are just looking amazing. I mean, Kyle Pitts is that guy. Mm-hmm. Remember, the first couple of weeks, we were like, oh, yeah, Kyle Pitts. Where's the guy that's going to change change the face of the world? Well, here he is. That's yeah. him. He's here. He's here now. He's He was making every type of catch in that. That was as good a game from a rookie tight end that's probably ever you know, that's been played because he couldn't do anything more than he did. Every type of play that you would want someone to make, like he made it. Nope. If you were asking me to, who would you take for the rest of your career, Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase, it's still a question. The, t- the guys who went four or five. I don't think that's a slam yeah. dunk. That's there, how good he is. To your point, uh, if you watch that game, the end of that game, so there's two big completions from Ryan to Pitts that get him in field goal range and then Koo hits a kick. Falcons beat Dolphins. On the play that really put them in field goal range, a 28-yarder, Pitts lines up on the outside against Xavier Howard, an all-pro ball hawk who regularly shuts dudes down, 
and he he beat him by a step and then just won with his size and athleticism and then just won the ball and won the game. Like he's doing stuff that Darren Waller, when Darren Waller is locked in, can do that. Um, but that's it to me when you talk about tight ends. Well, it's like he's a powerful enough type of presence where no matter what happens to the Falcon this, Falcons this season, you look back and say, Kyle Pitts is something you build around for forever here. And there are other questions there, but I mean, their rebuild right now, and I never would have thought this a couple weeks ago, looks a little more promising than Carolina's. It's Whoa. not just Sam Darnold, though, because their offensive line has been bad, yeah, awesome. and they have the most wide receiver drops since week four. I mean, they're, they're, okay. they're, that group of wide receivers has killed Darnold. They get also. Shaq Thompson back this week, and they get Stephon Gilmore this week, which I'm very intrigued. I I kind of wish I Gilmore. took this game. I, I'm into, that is on your radar. I'm into the Falcons, and I want to see Gilmore and how he looks. By all accounts in New England, he could have played week one in that he absolutely was sitting out, and they knew that, and that's partly why they traded him, because they just like can't deal with this. I want to see him matching up against Kyle Pitts. That would be the matchup. Kyle Pitts, you can call him a tight end. He's basically, he is a wide receiver. He's just a receiver, and he could be one of the best wide receivers in the league. It's not just tight end. Gilmore, Pitts, why is Sunday. Gil- why is Gilmore not on a improving Patriots team right now? What, right. A, what an ad that right. would have been. That, uh, um, Sometimes it's just like, let's we're going separate ways. How about it's just make him play? How about just make him play or give him like a couple million dollars because he's going to make your team better? Money does not solve everything, Greg. I know that that's counter to your thinking. I think in this case, it was 100% about money, that there was a lot of respect. I'm just saying for that's everyone ever, it does not solve for everything. For Stefan Gilmore, did not solve enough in there. this situation. Remember I think Melvin Ingram last summer? Remember that was another guy who had been with the team for a while as a star? And he was unhappy with his contract. And the Chargers said, hey, you know, we respect you. You've done a lot for our organization. Let's play ball. We're going to give you some guaranteed money we don't have to give you. We're going to move some things around. How about we get on the field and we do this together? And he did. But that's not how the Patriots and Bill Belichick operate. Speaking of which, Melvin Ingram wants out of Pittsburgh. Right. He's very never, disgruntled May now. never yeah. play for the Steelers again. That's just hmm. a random Which we aside. were saying, like, you know, oh, this is just a total Steelers move. It's just going to be a mind melt. <laughs> He've had a couple great weeks, and I don't know what's happened since. All right. I have to take one more game. Oh, boy. These are not I great. like that Panthers talk. Let me well, trade maybe you want to do a trade? We'll see. All right. Uh, let me, let's toss the break, and I got you one. When we come back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, we're back. Uh, Might as well check in on the other bad. No, I don't want to do that. Niners at Bears. We'll grab that. Draft room in chaos. This is pretty rough. This is some rough pickings right now. Uh, 49ers at Bears. I want to see the last Jimmy Garoppolo start in the history of the 49ers. So this gives me a chance to do that. I would imagine Trey Lance... Uh, if he can get healthy, he's at some point going to get in there. And I think it was Peter King did a interview that I read an article that was based off the interview. And I like King. <laughs> okay. Uh, I like King. I think he's uh, he has good insight of things. He's he been around Keisha forever. He gave Keisha a shout out in Monday Morning Quarterback in her piece, which yes. is awesome. I mean, when Peter King is gone, he's one of those guys that has been around for so long that you can kind of take him for granted. But then when he's gone, we'll miss Peter King. That's my take. Um 
all that said, I don't know why I'm talking about Peter King so much right You're now. You're upset about being underrated. I, that I mean, like I hope he doesn't hear this. He's right. like, what am I? Uh, he's, I I'm saying he's a legend. Out? You're going okay. to miss him when he's gone. Um, Peter King said that. <laughs> why would he be gone, though? Why would he well, because be he's not going to be around forever. Okay, he's okay. been doing this for like life 30 or 40 final. years. Yes, not is- Well, not life is fragile, although certainly it is. It's just I think he's in a man. He's a man in his 60s now. I mean, we, we traveled he's, very far. He's down banked this, enough uh, money if path. he wants to just start traveling around and t- tasting those back to the money where he can do it. The coffee nerdness. I anyway, mean, that, it gets you that mark. If nothing else, I, I just I, can, I can't be one hundred and ten percent materialistic all the time. There are other things happening. Peter King said in this interview that I read an article based on the interview uh, that he was all about where Kyle Shanahan was coming down on this. Uh, Trey Lance situation. Don't play him. It's not worth trying to save this season if it's going to mess up the kids' development. I guess. I guess I buy in on all that. It makes sense. Uh, but at a certain point, uh, you're going to have to turn to the kid if Garoppolo doesn't show improvement. I thought he was so bad on Sunday night, and yes, blah blah blah, the weather and all that. <laughs> but it's it, it, at a certain point, you can't ignore it anymore that he's a detriment to your offense. And I think. When I was thinking about like kind of more broadly about Shanahan because he's catching a lot of heat now and I think maybe a little too much heat because I think what people don't typically realize is that with these quote-unquote quarterback whispers or these offensive uh, geniuses that everyone falls in love with, it only works if the quarterback's good. It, like you don't look, look at Sean McVay as a perfect example. When Goff came into the league and was playing at a high level, he was a genius. Then the last couple of years, all of a sudden, is McVay still a genius? Now he went and got a better quarterback. He's a genius again. Like, I think Kyle Shannon will resume being a genius as soon as he can get a quarterback that can run an offense uh, effectively. Sure. And, and until that happens, he's trapped in a twilight zone, and the team will continue to lose more than the win and be continue to be disappointing, and he will continue to be a subject of talk. Is he overrated? No, he's not overrated. All offensive geniuses are overrated because it really goes back to the quarterback. Yeah, I think like the whole QB whisper thing is typically the result of lack of information. We don't understand like how they communicate, what they're doing, but there's no question that Shanahan before this season would have been looked at someone who had to deal with a lot of backup quarterbacks, mid-level type quarterbacks, and would maximize them. That's not been the case this year at all. And I thought that his comments after week seven were, and you know, a couple writers mentioned this too, that he seemed humbled. It was a different version of Shanahan where he mm. wasn't the genius in terms of the product we're seeing week to week. And they asked him about Lance, and he said, I don't think it's fair to him, and I don't think it's right for our team to put him in the lineup right now. And I think it tells me that the environment in San Francisco is not what it's been in the past in terms of like the dominant ground game. The, the offensive line has not been totally supreme. you got guys like Brandon Ayuk, who are one of the more mysterious uh, notable, strange, not being used players in the league right now. And I guess you could also look at Justin Fields and say, yeah, if you put a young quarterback into a bad situation, they are going to struggle. He struggled mightily a week ago. And the four worst quarterback rankings, or passer ratings in the league right now are all rookies. Wow. They, they're not that talented. There's this idea that the 49ers are really talented. But when you take Trent Williams, who missed that game Sunday night, and it sounds like he might miss another... And you take George Kittle out, and he will be on IR at He's least for one hurt. more week. They're not that talented, right? It's like they're trying to convince themselves into Trent Sherfield in the preseason. Where where did that go? They're not that talented at running back either. I'm surprised to see a Shanahan quarterback, even Jimmy G, struggle this much because this is the worst version of Jimmy G. It got me thinking how not all good trades 
and not out good values are good for you because Shanahan's entire tenure in San Francisco has been shaped by taking Jimmy Garoppolo for a mid-second round pick because the value was good. I don't think they really wanted Jimmy Garoppolo. I I know that in a way because they didn't call about Jimmy Garoppolo. They called the Patriots about Tom Brady. Is Tom Brady available? No. You can have Jimmy G for a late second. They didn't have a quarterback. They're just like, well, this isn't really like a permanent thing, but it's like, why don't we just take him? But then they... And here we are, though, four or five years later, and because of a lot of things that happened, it's like they still have him, and I never have felt that he's been a perfect fit. I've never felt that Kyle Shanahan's felt that he's a perfect fit, and they've it's taken him a long way to like get out of it because the one year where they were, they were healthy and they had him, they go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they were mesmerized by him because he had those six games when post-trade right. where we all thought, Wait a minute. They have. It was unearthed. better than what they had. So and then it's they like, paid why him. not take them? They but, paid him a ton of money. But it, so I that, also it tells you something. I, and I also think because someone could come back on what I said to kick off this conversation, say, well, well, he had. They did thrive with Jimmy G once. This is not the same Jimmy G anymore. I think the injuries have really taken a toll on Garoppolo. Uh, all over his body, and I just think he's a a marginalized player of what he used to be. And I think you just got to, at a certain point, make a move because you're right. And Justin Fields on the other side, just to touch on the Bears real quick, they're in the same situation where it's it seems like it's one step forward, two steps back with a rookie quarterback. But I just feel like we have reached the point where Trey Lance is the, in case of emergency break glass situation, mm. not for Kyle Shanahan's job security, but for this season and in a lot of ways his reputation right now is like, how do I get back to where I was? I need some fresh blood in here and maybe it works out. But it is a risk. It's a gamble if you don't think he's ready. This NFC wildcard race is quite open at the back end. So both of these teams are certainly not giving up on being part of that race. This is a big game for them. San Francisco's a heavy favorite on the road. I'm kind of past the point of San Francisco being a heavy favorite against anyone. I mean, the Bears, they did beat the Raiders. They uh, they were competitive there with the Bengals. Like, they've they've won. They were the only team that won easily well, against three the Lions. Wins. No Cleo I just am not, like, I'm just not, like, penciling in San Francisco turning this around. I don't think anyone proved. would be, though, after watching them. But there's no Cleo Mack, and it's possible that Chris Tabor – is the head coach, their special teams coordinator, if Nagy doesn't get through the Interesting. COVID stuff. All right, we have two more picks. Mark, what's your third game? Well, let me look here. This is The offerings are becoming less pleasant by the minute. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to go because I have to do uh, – for like the eighth week in a row, I have to watch Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, which uh, is fine. <laughs> but I'm going to go Washington <laughs> at Denver. <laughs> he just called it Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> well, I I did not intend to. Ah, yeah, but you, that is what you said. It. Well, I didn't. That's not. That's, that's a great a, Halloween costume, by the way. <laughs> you just, you, Teddy's costume and then just like a busty Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> so I, I did not call it that, though, <laughs> just for when it gets put out in print. You should wear that on Sunday. It's a way more individual. You should wear that on Sunday. Anybody, I got for the first time in a long time, um, we live in this this nice little town in, out, in L.A., uh, and uh, there's like Humble an brag. Ad- adult a Halloween party that my wife yeah, got geez. invited to, and Ooh, it's the whole when? thing. Uh, Saturday night. Okay. And uh, you know, I have to come up with a costume, and it's a whole thing. Um, I don't know when's the last time you guys have done that, uh, or have done it in a long. It, for me, it's been. I don't think as an adult I've dressed up in a Halloween costume, and I and I would go and I'd dress as like I, like the Hardy Boys in like a flannel shirt, Oh, like Brooks Brothers. 
Oh, Eric is killing me because I didn't show up to our office dressed in a Halloween costume. But like, you're like the only person. It was like three people that I've seen walking around in costumes, and it's mostly your delightful crowd back there. But I'm not going to show up in like a ghost outfit or something. Why are you so mad? <laughs> what? Because because when I walked into the studio today, the first thing she said was like, "Yuck." Look, <laughs> looking at me, and I was like, that's an HR offense. I think you look sharp, by the way. I know, but you don't tell. Yeah. I, I understand that I'm a guy, so you can say whatever you want to me, but you don't tell another human being, yuck, at their But we told parents. you it wasn't about you. We that's were what you said after the effect. But so you I walked that's, in, that's not we my. That wasn't my experience. It's not like we turned and looked at you and we're like, yuck. It wasn't a we <laughs> thing. It was you. I don't know who we is. No, like, I said, no one what, else. Did you oh. what did you dress up as? Brooks Brothers. Because that, that's what you look like. You just went to the outlets. Erica is refashioning uh, the what happened there. Anyway, I am uh, I'm checking Amazon right now because I'm going to be Vincent Vega when he had to get rid of his clothes and uh, put on the UC Santa Cruz banana slug oh, T-shirt. Perfect. Oh, that's pretty easy. With the that's blue good. shorts. That's good. Um, but well, I'm, wait, will she be Samuel Jackson or? I don't think that would be smart. Um, no, so she's going to stay away from the Samuel Jackson, uh, right, uh, Marcel. What was uh, what was Jackson's character in that? It was Vincent Vega and uh, what was it? I don't know why I'm not. Anyway, the Santa Cruz Banana Slug T-shirt is scheduled to arrive Saturday at 7 p.m. So that's right on the nose. <laughs> so, uh, you know, let's hope that works out. That's the Jets with their little basketball tournament right there. <sighs> yes. Uh, Mark's trying to get. Uh, you know your poor wife like put on social media like <laughs> I'm just saying they were paired together in the film but that that I understand all right let's uh where were we uh Washington at Denver <laughs> I'm picking this Greg solely. never never was in a Halloween costume once in his whole life that's my prediction I you were born at age 32 so you missed the childhood I was in Halloween costumes up until the same age as everyone as a child and I did go to <laughs> multiple adults. what age was that Craig Whatever, thirteen or fourteen. Well, what's or one thing you dress up it's as? A, there's that one year where you're where like the people giving you the candy start looking you at you side eye, being like, "Come on, yes. you don't fit. You're, you're a there. little yep. too old." What's uh, one but thing I, that you dressed up as, as as a youth? I was gonna say I did Abraham Lincoln in New York. <laughs> I grew the beard Amazing. for it. Um, you know, it were you an adult? Wait, in New York? that's, that's what I'm saying. I oh, went to okay, I went it. to some in my twenties in New York. I think I grew a beard for the Red Sox. 2004 uh, playoff run, and then I Checks shaved out. it down to the Abraham Lincoln, and that was an outfit. So I did. Lincoln was the tallest president. Right. So you know, fun it's fact. kind of funny when yeah. a little short. How tall? It. How tall would that make him? <laughs> I think like? he was six five, which in 1860s or whatever was a giant. Straight up, Jules Winfield was the name of uh, Samuel Jackson's character. I don't think people have changed that much. There were six foot Broncos and then, football way. team fans are like, Wait please talk about have it. Have you ever been to Wrigley Field, Fenway Park? The size of those seats, I guess it, I, Americans I, have gotten broader. I think they've gotten broader, but I think they've gotten let's, way wait, taller. Let's eat processed food from age four on. Yeah, you're going to. Of be course, the entire human, the entire human population has gotten taller. By, by I'm not. I'm more. just saying yeah. that there yes. were. It wasn't like he was this um, <laughs> at six foot four, six foot five. No one had seen that before. I didn't say no, that. No, but it was. I didn't I, say you that. have That's to adjust unfair. for height inflation. <laughs> Dan's right. It was, it was different being that tall. Then. He was six four. I could have like been the starting. I don't like the show when Greg starts agreeing with Dan on something that I said just no, as an to your to your I'm, point. I'm all about yeah. the truth. Uh, let's say all right. Abe Lincoln was six four. George Washington was six two. So that's a nice size as well. That's also from ancient. Times. And then let's just say. Oh, 
Yeah, but tall. Yeah, tall people. Trump was six three. I mean, so yeah. All right. Oh, people, men in their six foot region have been around for hundreds of I years. I got your six right. foot well, they region. Also, they also, you know, get that. advantages. Like you, you, you can basically choose who's going to be like the CEO or whatever just based on height and like Help. facial structure. Biden is it's true. Joe it's Biden height. It's it's prejudice Six. against uh, little men like me. Really the last sh- like what? short president. That's you got to go back a little bit. Clinton's not a tall guy, is he? Cleveland. All right, we're way off the track. Denver so and Washington. Okay. What a game! I honestly came out of watching the Washington Green Bay game thinking that Washington's offense, you know, you, that all the red zone meltdowns were totally fun to watch. And Taylor Heineke, like the it's the mobility, and he's just completely. Unconcerned with just whipping the ball downfield. I like this Clinton idea. Clinton was six two. Go ahead. I like this idea of them, uh, you know, battling <laughs> tall presidents here. A bunch of tall Denver Broncos, but uh, the Broncos were just a hot mess. And everything that you hired Vic Fangio for Fangio. does not make any sense right now. They're what the highest paid defense, playing like the fifth worst unit in football. Have a good time with that, people from Denver. They are they're twenty sixth in, in DVOA, and they've played the twenty fifth easiest schedule. So they've played oh. pretty. That's where their three and zero start came from, right? But that they, they've. But even since then, it's not like every week it's been a juggernaut. It's been the Browns with Case Keenum. And I know only seventeen points went on the board there, but they could not get a stop. I mean, they they basically were steamrolled by Case Keenum. They were steamrolled by the Raiders. They were pretty steamrolled by the Steelers. I. It's crazy how disappointing they've been on defense. This is. Kind of their last stand. I think if you lose to Washington at home to fall to three and five, it just starts to feel very hopeless. And I was trying to figure out why are they so bad? They have no pass rush, but their linebackers have been decimated by injury where they're trading for Kenny Young from the Rams. They've been down to fifth and sixth linebackers. And it's become really cool to say like, oh, off-ball linebackers don't really matter. We're not going to spend any resources. Watch the Jets lately. Watch uh, the Broncos lately. Watch the Eagles lately. Like those teams stink at that position, and they're. Getting, I'd rather not. But. They're getting flamed by running backs and tight ends who just can pick up twelve yards every play if if they want. It's it's sad. All right, Greg, close out the draft. I will close out the draft. And then we got some more games to get to. But apologies to the Washington Broncos fans. I'll That's take the Bills, Dolphins early. You should know, Greg. By the way, that. Uh, uh, Benjamin Harrison, the 23rd president. Martin Van Buren, the 8th president, 5'6". There we go. Shortest president, James Madison. I mean, fourth, people didn't even five, know four. how like tall Van they were Buren back got then. In some sort of a duel with someone. I mean, we literally had a, d- a disabled president and no one knew. So, you know, it, they were able to hide things. There wasn't, you know, it wasn't as much. Uh, you refer, of course, to FDR. Yes. Yeah, I'm just saying it's a different different time let's the man take, was in a wheelchair they kind of kept it away from the we are public. not certain and like half of them even existed there's a lot of what? <laughs> they didn't exist save I'm for the heat saying, and light podcast no, i'm just saying like like you don't think benjamin he, harrison existed i am sure he i i'm not saying all of them there's all right here we go a little sketchy. just some hey, presidents didn't exist <laughs> he, i'm not saying that all presidents didn't exist just some that's that's possible that's ridiculous all right go ahead this is a big game i know that the bills are 13 and a half point favorites I am interested in this Dolphins team just because they're at an inflection point Mm. before this trade deadline. Inflection point. If they get blown out by the Bills, Sean McDermott's absolutely owned Brian Flores. They've won five straight games. The the average margin of victory is outrageous. They're averaging way over 30 points. So this is a problem going back to 2019 even. If they get blown out, 
right before the trade deadline, you just you just wonder what's gonna happen. I've been really impressed by Tua as like a man, as like the way that he's handled this. Him answering those questions this week, I was impressed by. Like he's handled this situation with a lot more class and grace than the organization he plays for, and he's improving. I'm not saying he's going to be like a great quarterback, but for a guy that's only started like six more games than Trevor Lawrence, I do think he takes an inordinate amount of criticism for a guy who looks pretty good. He does. He is limited athletically. He has a lower ceiling than you would like at a top five pick, but he's playing pretty well. I think that's entirely on the organization, though, too. I agree. Just the way, and you may agree or disagree with how they handled it last year with Fitzpatrick because they were trying to make the playoffs, but by taking him in and out of the lineup. And then as soon as this season rolls around, we keep hearing about Deshaun Watson. Of course, we're going to view him as a guy that's on you know the hot seat before he deserves to be. That's just the way it's been. That's on the organization. Oh, don't you think also because I I think he's he is growing, but that's not enough today from quarterbacks. Like you need these plays, these wow plays, these physical moments that Kyler Murray gives you, that Justin Herbert gives you, that Patrick Mahomes gives you, and you don't to a. But do you need that? I, I do think you. Yeah. I think in twenty twenty one actually like young quarterbacks, especially when the organization is saying, hey, we have a continuous wandering eye Max, for Mac, other Mac things. Mac Jones is not going to give you those plays, but he's showing you more. And the Patriots feel good about that pick. Yeah, I okay. I mean, I'm, but, saying, I'm not saying it's everyone. I know what but you're Tua, Tua kind of just like should be like, that's what you thought In a perfect you were gonna get. world, Tua was going to be like a Drew Brees-ish quarterback. That's who he was compared to. And you think about Brees as a young player. Bench for Doug Flutie. His ownership hated him. You know, like the, a guy who because he was short and because he didn't have a big arm and because his advantages took a little while to show up and he had good moments early too, better better than Tua start. Like you just don't totally see it. So I do think Tua could be better as like a four or five year veteran than he is right now. That's all I'm saying. And he's he has played better in these last two weeks. He Yeah, he has these bad turnovers that yep. kind of mar his games. But last again, week. to the point, he's barely played at the NFL still. You got to give him the rope to understand that stuff he could work through and hopefully get out of that funk. He might not ever. He might always be that mistake prone guy. But I've, I feel like you've seen enough. Uh, in his limited play to, to continue to investigate him as your quarterback when the alternative in the widely spe- you know speculated situation here is that you would dump Tua and bring in this guy that has all sorts of hideous allegations around him is like is that is a move you really want to make no. right now now if Tua no. if just Tua's, do it in the offseason that's all right. I've been saying is don't do it I think that's what's right going to happen I still feel like all the reporting I still feel like this is going to end up not happening before the deadline and I guess we'll have to do an emergency pod if it does but um, potentially but I just think like you got to let this kid finish the season and if that means you miss out on Deshaun Watson well that's the way it is and guess what it's probably the best thing you could do more Morally anyway, so right. Whatever. I I think this is a tough spot though because he's gone against two of the worst defenses in the league that he's looked pretty good against and still made some big mistakes. Now you got to play this cohesive Bills team who's a little angry, who's coming off a bye, who they were embarrassed defensively late in that game because they're just not used to giving up drives like they did. Like this is a tough spot, and the Dolphins' defense is equally or worse. You know. Um, struggling compared to their offense, like third down regression has hit them hard. If they lose by 30 or 40, you could just see the owner get doing something. Stupid. Well, and also there been, there aren't many in division matchups that have been happen. more uneven than Buffalo and Miami. I mean, they right. wiped them out. They've wiped them out under Sean, like uh, McDermott's like entire reign there. And I don't trust a team more in the NFL right now to bounce back from bad loss by week 
in this situation than Buffalo. It's fair to point out these two guys who were hired around the same time. You know, McDermott was a couple years earlier, but they're defensive coaches. And Brian Flores' defense is terrible right now. And his history of hiring coaches who he's cycled through has not been great, whereas McDermott seems like he has a very cohesive group who loves working there. All right, let's take a break, and then we'll uh, finish out uh, week eight. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, let's uh, quickly hit these last three games. We have the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Ford Field to face the Lions. The Eagles, you know, it is a great, a great stat. And we've kind of mentioned it at times on this show how – the Eagles offense does not pass the eye test when you actually watch these games uh, in a lot of situations. Uh, they are getting, kind of getting beat up badly, and then they have some late scores to make it look uh, better. This from, I was going to say Roto World, but it's NBC Sports Edge. It's Roto World. I know. But I, I actually, when I sent in this uh, little nug within my power rankings this week, I purposely put Roto World. And guess what the editors did? They didn't like that. They changed it to NBC Sports Edge. Anyway, Jalen Hurts has scored 43.4% of his fantasy points in the fourth quarter of the season. (laughs) And that's not like, wow, when they've been, you know, winning dramatically. It's a lot of it's been you're down 28 to seven in the fourth quarter and you end up losing 27 to 21 or something. So I'm not totally into this experience with Hurts right now. And I'll say this as well. So they trade Flacco. They get Sirianni uh, gets um, Gardner Minshew, he's talking him up this week uh, that he's a guy that they trust to move up to the number two. And it just, it would not be entirely shocking if Minshew gets playing time this year to me um, because they might want to juice the offense a little bit when the game still is in hand. And uh, I feel like Hertz is on, um, you know, he, he could be in trouble here. I think I mean, you're right. If they lose to the Lions, I think that change could happen sooner than than you would expect. Yeah, I mean, there's like our friend of the show, Bo Wolf, I believe, mentioned that he thought the same thing that you're going to mm. see Minshew at some point. That trade seems strange when they made it, but it starts to make a lot more sense. And they've trailed the Raiders, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Dallas, each each of those guys by 19 or more points in games before, and some of them storming back. Even Carolina, the one right. they won, They're they, total were down, garbage they were time down kings. big. Now, fair, to be fair, he had he played great in a comeback win there, but that even that game they were down big. I, I Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a season-long evaluation, but their defense has been a total mess. Fletcher Cox, you know, came out this week and he openly, basically openly questioned like new coordinator Jonathan Gannon's scheme saying it's not been aggressive and it hasn't been. They allowed Derek Carter to complete 91% of his throws. The last four winning quarterbacks against them have complete, completed 80 plus. That's not crazy. A that to me was one of the bigger stories of the week that slipped under the radar because the Eagles are no longer an interesting team. Cox, uh, Fletcher Cox flamed his coaches immediately after the game. I mean, he he straight up flamed them. And that is a 10-year veteran, one of the great Eagles in their franchise history, who's won Super Bowls. And some of these guys who were around when they won the Super Bowl 
are thinking J- Jason Kelsey almost retired thinking we came back for this. It it's, seems like a, some bad vibes with the coaching staff and the players right now. And if they somehow lost to the Lions, I don't know. Do you think based on what you just explained, um, do you think that if the head co- coach got in front of the team and started making a um, a strained flower metaphor that it would go over well? Play it, Ricky. No, no. You know, the results aren't there right now. But what's going on here is is that there's growth under the soil. I, I, I put a picture of a, a flower up, right? And that it's and it's coming through the ground and the roots are growing out and the roots and the roots are continuing to grow out. And everybody wants to see results. Shoot, we nobody wants to see results more than us, right? We want to see results too. But it's really important that that the the foundation is being built and that the the roots are growing out and the only way the roots grow out every single day and they grow stronger and they grow they grow better is if that we all put our we all water Water. we all fertilize Fertilize. we all do our part each each individual each individual coach that's it each individual player each everybody i think there's a lot of fertilizing going on uh, on the eagles offense Uh, i'll put it that way there's there's been plenty of fertilizer involved with the Eagles on offense. <laughs> the defense has been worse to me too. No like, shortage of fertilizer. Like they have they have talent. It, it he they are being tested and I can just imagine guys like Cox listening to, and Kelsey and Derek Barnett listening to this mess Darius Slay. They got they There's got some eye rolls they going gotta, on. They got to win this game. There's they, some Liz Lemon-level eye rolls. They need a win. The 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 vibes are bad and the blow up there could be, you know, I'm they got to win some games. The fertilizer, by the way, poop. That was it. I was I, I got that's it. what that's. I got right. it. And one the power rankings. I got the lines at twenty nine. Zero and seven, but fighting hard every week. This feels like they're a winning this game. By I'm the way. with you. Should we lock it up together? No, but I agree. Rams at Texans. Uh, the Texans are the worst team in football. They are thirty two in the power rankings. The Rams. This is. I mean, this feels like a walk in the park. Just stay healthy, get your three touchdown win, and say goodbye, Mark. I do want to see if there's a chance we get Tyrod Taylor just because they were like the, every number suggests they were so much spicier with him in the lineup. He's he's uh, back in practice, but it sounds I, Tyrod I Taylor you. offense and spicy. It sounds, you know what? He, it sounds like one more week just because he's not getting the starters reps, but I think he might play again. I, I think like even last week with Detroit doing all their trickery, enjoyable chicanery to the Rams. They still, before halftime, put together these 10, 11, and 11-play touchdown drives where Stafford finished like 17 for 23 with 166 yards, two touchdowns. It's hard to evaluate who the Rams are with the last couple of teams They're on this tour of the Patsy. Giants, Lions, Texans, yeah. I mean, but but they've been shellacking them, and I I view them as a fairly unstoppable passing game. They're, They're like... Stafford has done. He's made Les Snead executive of the, of the year. I continues. thought that was his best game against the Lions. I know it was against the Lions, but in terms of the quality of the throws and the decisions that he made, and he, they were actually put in a tough spot offensively. They barely got the ball. They were facing a big deficit early on. And yeah, they should roll and they move on to seven one, feeling good about themselves. And finally, the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off their bye week after that uh, win in London on the last second field goal to beat the Dolphins, travel to Seattle to face. The Seahawks. Now, this game here, Mark, you have forked ooh, I, the ooh, Seahawks. I locked up Gino. I'm blue. This is your last chance. This There's a very good chance here, Greg, because he has flopped here as their backup. I'm sorry. Um, this could be it for Gino. This could be his last NFL start. And in a lot of ways, maybe that would be the only. 
for the amount of time we've had to talk about Geno Smith on this podcast unnecessarily, maybe the penance is that you must lock Geno Smith up at home against already, the Jaguars. I already did my lock. I'm you, you could, we would allow like you to. Absolutely. Allow, I mean, to, to it would really validate hey, Gino, all of the Geno stuff. Geno has, has gone undefeated against the spread this year <laughs> in tough situations, covered both times against really good the coin flips. All those coin flips. Great coin flips. Uh, his PFF grade this year higher than Jared Goff, Sam Darnold, Ben Roethlisberger, Zach Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Taylor Heineke, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. So this is guy. This guy needs to come out here and compete and beat the compete. Jaguars. Let him. Let him beat beat the Jaguars. Can we win? Please. Can we win a game, Seahawks? They should. This is a game about coaching because they have enough talent and they they got to let Geno throw the ball a little more. And they've looked a little better defensively since they've gotten rid of Trey Flowers and they got the 6DB look and Brooks and Wagner. You know, like, win this game big. I think people think the Jaguars might win this game. And I think Geno and them are going to Lock roll. it up. You really should, Greg. You should. It only It's only fair. I would be a moment of total power. And I don't like moving. I hate changing decisions on anything. It always seems like it's a bad move to change decisions. I got. I have a. I do have a weird feeling that uh, Lawrence is gonna light up the Seahawks. He'll fire one off Jamal uh, Adams's face mask at some point. He won't be perfect, but he will move the ball against Seattle and score points. And then you need Geno to score points, and that's just not a given since he's taken over. Uh, they are not. Let him throw the offense. ball on first or second down ah, every maybe now and then. I, Greg, you keep saying that, but there may be reasons why they're not allowing that to happen. Also, but I, I'm, I'm in a tough place with Geno Smith because I discovered during research this week that we share the same birthday, mm. Libra Power. So it's like I, it doesn't you know, matter. Well, it matters to me. I know it clearly doesn't matter to you. I mean, if you, like <laughs> well, I, said, I honestly can tell right, you, it right does near, not you matter. You don't to care me. about right my near Baker Mayfield in the ranking. Right near Patrick Mahomes in the, in the PF grades. Wow. I'm looking at a list of like 18 <laughs> quarterbacks that Greg loves. He no. loves them equally. So uh, <laughs> they're all his babies. All right, there you go. That is Week Eight. Uh, yes, again, Thursday Night Football recap. You're not going to want to miss it. Packers, Cardinals. Oh, the game of the century. I can't believe how that one played out. Uh, it hasn't happened yet, but I'm sure it was incredible. And Greg and maybe Claybon have the analysis. <laughs> or maybe me. You just never know. That's the All future. right, should I text him now? You want to call him? Je- check put in. him on speaker? Give him a call. Give All right, call. Eric, go for it. Can you do that, Ricky? I, we don't have, like, a phoner. Here, just, but yeah, put, call, just him. call him and just put him on speaker and just – if I could start the convo or you could start it, it's up to you. Okay. I think Dan should, but on Greg's phone. Yeah, definitely coming from Greg. Yeah. Put it up by your. Wait, uh, and you wanna you wanna say it? We can. I just wanna. I think out, maybe it'd be better for me as a third party to make sure okay. that broker it. Yeah. Hopefully he picks up. Let's see. Yeah, put that right in He's your like mic there. Goes straight to voicemail. Yeah. It's like it went straight immediately, so you knew that he clicked it, the dismiss. It's like, oh, that's the That was the dismiss. Oh. Should I leave a message? Two. Yeah. Oh, 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 hang on, hang on. All right, I got to make sure that. Got to keep that phone info private. Right. The mailbox is full and cannot. <laughs> oh, this is such a. <laughs> Do you think that maybe it's he did well, that on purpose again. too? Just totally. Try one more time. Well, what, what, he's going to be there now? No, he's gone, you know, right? All right. Well, let's hope he's there. Patrick Claybon, who does excellent work for us whenever he's on the show. Uh, and then we'll be back. Uh, the television show, which is doing big numbers, like crazy numbers. Uh, I just got some, actually, uh, from Stephen Manny and research, and uh, Gravedigger gave me some of the data. 
And some of the biggest numbers that you would imagine uh, for a show that airs originally at 4 a.m. on the West Coast. I want to be more surprised, but I, yeah. know, I know how the show works. I know who's on it. Um, I understand what we're competing against. It feels like a home run. All right, good. Uh, so check that out on NFL Network. Set your DVRs. And then, of course, yes, the flagship show where we recap every game we just previewed here drops Sunday night. So make sure to be there for that. Halloween night. Ooh, we have to come up with our Halloween names. Remember we used to do that? We can't just use those same ones that we came up with. Remember uh, Crypt Wessling? What was yours? Mine was Dan Hang- Dark, Hangs. Us. Dark Sessler. Dark Sessler with a C, of course. Right. Greg was... Uh, Ghoul Rosenthal, maybe. <laughs> Absurd. We need one for Ricky Hollywood. Oh, uh, Ricky Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Nailed it. Oh, wow. That's a good one. All right. Good stuff. All right. Let's go. Dan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm. I really wish Patrick picked up there because we would know for sure. He's going to be there. He said yes. Very reliable. Your night on the ring. Quiet Storm. The old boss, Ricky Hollywood. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.